Well, good morning and happy Thanksgiving. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Renee A., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, November 24th, and today we're reading from the big book. We're on page 44, the third paragraph, starting with, but it isn't so difficult, and ending with, you need not be disconcerted. And we are commenting on that one paragraph only. Today's readers are The 12 Steps, Julie P., The 12 Traditions, Nancy R., and readers of the text are Ken W.H., Katie B., and Barb W. The reference numbers for Wednesday, yesterday, November 23rd, are as follows. The 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, that reference number is 19,669. That is 19669. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, the uh, reference number is 19,670. That's 19670. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, our OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Julie P. to read the 12 steps. Julie? Good morning, everybody. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving. My name is Julie P. I am a compulsive overeater recovered in northern Minnesota. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 
12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry the message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Love to all of you on this Thanksgiving day. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Julie. Thank you for your service this month as well. Okay, Nancy R., would you please read the 12 traditions for us? Thank you so very much, Renee A., and also a wonderful good morning to everyone. Uh, So happy to be here with you. Happy Thanksgiving. The 12 traditions, one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience, our leader's are but trusted servants, they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater, to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Nancy R. in New York, a compulsive overeater, so grateful to do service with all of you today and every day. And thank you so very much. I pass. Thanks, Nancy, for your service this month as well. Okay how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requiring for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted.
Today we resume our study of the big book on page 44, the third paragraph starting with, but it isn't so difficult, and ending with, you need not be disconcerted, commenting on that one paragraph only. And I am now going to ask Ken W.H. to begin that reading. Go ahead, Ken. Thank you, Renee. This is Ken W.H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from North Carolina. Blessed Thanksgiving to all today. But it isn't so difficult. About half our original fellowship were of exactly that type. At first, some of us tried to avoid the issue, hoping against hope we were not true alcoholics. But after a while, we had to face the fact that we must find a spiritual basis of life or else. (laughs) Perhaps it is going to be that way with you, but cheer up. Something like half of us thought we were atheists or agnostics. Our experience shows that you need not be disconcerted. Well, um, kind of a a little bit of a reiteration of the paragraph before, um, where it says to be doomed to an alcoholic death or to live on a spiritual basis are not always easy alternatives. But then it tells us that it isn't so difficult and through the experience, strength, and hope of uh, all the others that came before, and in this case, the hundred um, who um, were around at the time of the writing of the book, that um, it's possible. It's possible to make that decision, and in fact, we have to make it. The uh, or else in there is, there's a long dash before that, or else, ooh, uh, that really caught my attention. Um, it's sort of the one or the other. It two alternatives, um, and you can we can go either way. I could have gone either way, and for at times I have gone <laughs> the other way. Um, but over time, and through the experience of others and all of the sharing that I hear and have heard over the years, um, I've finally come to understand. Um, my need, my deep, deep, deep need to live on a spiritual basis. Um, And that continues to grow. And I continue to uh, learn more and more about the God of my understanding. But most importantly, uh, I'm learning more and more how to relate to that power, that power that is um, keeping me abstinent today. Uh, because I know on my own, I'm, 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 I can't do this. I just can't do this. And the experience of those hundred and your experiences and your strengths and your hopes have uh, brought me through this. I just love <laughs> the way Bill says, but cheer up. <laughs> cheer up. Uh, it's going to be okay. Uh, very, very soothing words, really, uh, the way he puts that um, but cheer up. It's going to be all right. We're in God's hands, and I am. I know I am today, and that's the gift. Thank you so much for letting me share. Um, blessings to you all on this day of giving thanks. Thanks, Renee. I pass. Thank you, Ken. I appreciate your service this month. Um, so, 
Before I take a list of names, let me remind you that although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So that means if you shared Tuesday or Wednesday, we'd like you to step back, please, just kind of hold back a little bit and let other people jump in there today. So who would like to share on that paragraph in We Agnostics this morning? Katie Jean and Jay. Melissa C. Wiley L. Janice. Yeah. Okay, hang on, guys. Hold on just a second, Lisa. Lisa, I got you and Christina. Hold on just a minute. Let me tell you who I got because there was just a lot of, you know, kind of garbled in there. I got Katie. I got Melissa. I got Lisa B. and Christina. So who else spoke up? Christina, Sarah, Janice, I got you. I I think I heard a Sarah in there. Um, Who else? Uh, Dara, like Sarah, but with a D. Wiley L. Oh, Dara. Okay, got it, Dara. Thank you. Who else? Tamara C. Tamara C. Who else? Barb W. Okay, Barb, got you. Let me tell you who I've got, guys. Hold on just a second. I got Katie. I don't have an initial there. Melissa C., Lisa B., Christina, Dara, Janice, Tamara, and Barb. I could probably take a couple more on this first round. Christine M. Wiley L. Okay, hold on right there. Christine, and I don't, I couldn't get that last name. Kylie? Wiley, with a W. Wiley, got it. Okay, let's stop right there. And so, guys, let me just tell you, first of all, I didn't get, I hardly got any of the initials, first initials of last names. So when you come on to share, would you please, um, let us know the uh, first initial of your last name. And also, tell us what state you're calling from. It makes it easier for us to find you on the member list. Okay. So we're going to, first of all, we're going to hear from from Katie. And Katie, you'll be followed by Melissa C. Go ahead, Katie. Morning, Renee. This is Katie G, Recovered in Boston, Mass. Um, you know, it's super easy for me to, like, think about lecturing and moralizing on we agnostics because there are so many fun theories. But I just want to share my experience, which is that when I came into the rooms, you know, I didn't understand why God was part of it. And I had turned my back on God. And all I could see was the ugliness of the trees. And all I could say was, this is not a religious program. This is spiritual. Because I was really, really, really angry at religion and really, really angry at other people. And as I stayed in the rooms and got into more and more pain, um, my idea of God had to expand. And so I came in as this Buddhist woman who kind of believes in God. Hang on one second. You think, yes, yes, you may eat that. Yes, I apologize. <laughs> Can she eat Mira's cookie? Okay. So um, I was 
um, my idea of God had to expand. And do you know what? The only way my idea of God got bigger was when my disease got bigger and I got smaller. And so as I continued to do the work and to stay abstinent and find new ways of uncovering, discovering, and discarding myself, I got a bigger God. And I have to tell you, like, you guys know, like, seven months ago, for two years, I was living with the God of exercise bulimia. I was living with the God of of being someone on the line, of being able to, like, be popular in the rooms of OA and, like, let, let me convince you all how strong my God is. But do you know what my quiet time was like? I was exercising. Do you want, want to know what my prayer was like? I was like, peace out, God. I got this. Do you know what it brought me to? My knees. Right? So that's what I think about when I hear I must find a spiritual basis of life or else. And that's the other thing that's changed for me is what is a spiritual basis? Like when I first came in, it was like, well, it's not religion. It's spiritual. It's, you know, I'm, I'm whatever. And today it's like, no, first things first. I got to be honest. Today, I must be honest, that's the only thing, that's the one thing that's going to keep me from getting to God, because I was lying for so long, I didn't even know what I was lying about. And But, you know, I love this line, don't be disconcerted, because the only thing, like I remember I used to call people and say, how do you develop your relationship with God? And it was just the pain of my disease, because I didn't know what else to do. I finally gave up. And for me, that's the key, right? Like, I... I give up, and all I know, thank you, all I know is that what I'm doing is not going to work. And then my God gets bigger as I stay abstinent and do the work one day at a time. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Katie. Okay, so up next we have Melissa C. And, Melissa, you'll be followed by Lisa B. Go ahead, Melissa. Hi, good morning, Renee. Thanks so much for your service this month, and happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I'm Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overly eater. I live in New York, and, um, you know, I love love this whole chapter, and I love the positioning of we agnostics. Like, it comes um, right before the set of directions, and, and I think it's very... Um, everything in this book is deliberate, I've learned, but it's really deliberate, the language of this paragraph and the one before, because it says to one who, the paragraph before said to one who feels he's agnostic. And this one says, you know, um, to those that think, you know, if you think, you might be. And so, um, you know, thinking and feeling are not part of my directions, right? So I'm not really, I thought... I was agnostic. I felt that I, you know, could not understand God or could not have a relationship with God. And and yet um, I've got this alternative that I'm stuck with, and it's not so difficult, right? It's either um, find find a way to believe, find that pocket of belief and now allow it to grow or die, right? That's it. So this this chapter really invites us to let go of our agnostic temperament and because agnosticism it's not good for me it's not good for us to doubt the existence of god and actually agnostics you know not only doubt god's existence but they actually believe that it's impossible to know for certain 
And yet, and there's a solution, it tells me that, you know, the central fact of my life is the absolute certainty that our creators entered our hearts and lives. So I, I need to figure out a way, right, to know for certain of God's existence. And, and, it, and then it, at the end of the paragraph, it says, like, don't worry about, you know, um, your confusion, right? You don't have to be... You don't have to be stuck in confusion here. And and I have to say, um, I love confusion today. I didn't then. Like, I came here, I was so confused. Like many people, I had tucked the God idea away because God was my scapegoat. God was what I blamed for things in my life that didn't turn out to my liking. I pinned it on God's back, and I said, I either don't believe in you, God, or I have no need for you, God, or you're not there. And I came that way. And today, I love my confusion because today, when I'm confused, it means that I can't rely on the data in my head to make sense of what's going on around me. General reminder. Yep, thanks. And so at that point, I let go of what I think I know, and I open myself up. And that's where I found God each and every time. And thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa. Okay, next up we will hear from Lisa B. And Lisa, you'll be followed by Christina. Go ahead, Lisa. Good morning. My name is Lisa B. And I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in South Carolina. Thank you, Renee, for every, and everyone that's here doing service. Um, I, I really love this paragraph because there's hope. There is hope for me. But there's also a death threat where it says, or else. And, you know, when I share with fellows that are new going through this process or are coming back from a relapse and are so discouraged, I I try and share with them what someone said to me is, look, we're on step two. We don't need to know what that relationship with this power, in my case, I call God my creator, you know, my higher power. We don't need to know what that relationship's going to look like. We just need to go forward. And what happens is, I am remade inside. It's like something changes. My heart changes. My heart softens. And I become less hard-hearted, less analytical, less debating, less... I just become open. And, you know, I like where it says here, something like half of us thought we were atheists or agnostics. So what I'm seeing in that is that they realize they weren't agnostic or atheists, you know, but they realize they actually really were believers. Um, it just had to be uncovered. But I have to remember that death threat, that that's it. This is the only option for me. And to be open to a life of constant change and growth. And I also love sharing with newcomers that I work with. When we're on step two, I say, gosh, when I was on step two, and then I look at where I was on step 11, it was night and day. Just night and day. I realized that this whole new world was built inside of me where it became like a, I don't know, like a sacred place inside of me where God is, my creator, that I could tap into and rest in and and love and submit to and um, adore. You know, I wanted to be equal to God. I wanted to be neck and neck, like run the show with God. I always believed in God. But I wanted to be with God. Do you know what else? I wanted God to be like my butler. 
I wanted God to give me a happy life. Like I thought I'll have God in my life so I can get everything I want. And I heard someone say it on the other, the other day in our meeting and it really was just wonderful. They said, my job is to do what God wants me to do. You know, when I am getting what I want, that's not good. When I'm running the show, it's, it's not a good thing, but the main thing is in this step is to not overcomplicate it, just to go forward, just to keep going forward and, and trust that that death threat is there, it's serious, it's real, but there's hope, and that I will change in going through the work and going through the steps in a state of abstinence and a state of humility and willingness. So with that, I pass. Thank you, Lisa. Um, okay, so up next, um, we're going to hear from Christina. I think that was Christina J. Um, and Christina, you'll be followed by Dara. Good morning, Christina. Go right ahead. Good morning again. <laughs> Thank you for your service. This is Christina in North Carolina, Christina J. And today's my birthday, and I got up and was discombobulated for a while, and then I sat down for my meditation and prayer, and my mind was going crazy, and I started a letter to God. And, you know, today I'm 64. Seems like just yesterday I was 44, then I was 24, and then I was 14, and a long time ago I was four. Where does it go? Where did I live all those years? What was my agnosticism? It was fear. I had a God. I believed in God. I've had spiritual experiences through the years. They weren't, you know, light boltening things shooting down out of the sky. They were just private personal experiences of growth from different things I did in the spiritual world, you know, different types of things. But I continued to live in fear. I continued to live in self. And today I wrote about shedding of the self. And where do you stand when you shed the self-centered desires? You stand with your hands open and you say to God, now what? Now what, God? My spiritual experience today was my letter. It's not hard to have a spiritual experience, but the thing that gets in the way is the food, first of all. Because we have a self that's running the show, driving us crazy. And to comfort my irritable, restless, and discontent selfishness, self-centeredness, and fear that came from all that was the food. So the food has to go down, and then I see what's there. I see the scared child. I see the one that was pushing so hard for so much, for so long. And I want to be loved and cherished. And this program takes me to that, first of all, with God. Today I had a love affair with God in my letter. And then I had a beautiful hug from my husband and Rose's. Things are settling down for me right now, finally, and I'm beginning to experience the true step one of knowing that when I walk away from the food, I walk away into the arms of something bigger. Maybe I can't know that right away as a newcomer, but if you put the food down and begin the work, you begin to walk towards those spiritual experiences. Yesterday, I had a spiritual experience, and it was that I had an abstinent day. I was really involved in my work. I was feeling restless and irritable. And I thought about food because I'm fresh off a relapse last month. But there was no, that's not an option. It takes me away from God. And I didn't want to go back to the horror. The horror. It's sad. You come to a sadness when you're putting down the food. You don't got that to use. But if you just open your mind. General reminder. Thank you. And say, help me, God. 
Like there's one fellow on the line. That's all she says is, I don't like this. You know, that's all you need sometimes. So it's not hard, but you got to do the work and it's okay. We got fellows to guide us. Thank you. I love you all. (laughs) Happy Thanksgiving. I pass. Thank you, Christina. Okay, so up next, we're going to hear from Dara. And Dara, you'll be followed by Janice PM. Go ahead, Dara. Uh, Great. Thanks so much. Thanks for your service. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive eater calling in from stolen Lenape lands in Pennsylvania. And just to anyone on the line um, who is an indigenous today, I really hope you're finding ways to nurture and honor yourself and your ancestors. so yeah, so this paragraph, you know, I, I'm thinking about my own um, difficult path to spirituality, which I, I don't think had to be as difficult as I made it. But um, for me, you know, I went through a period early on in my life where I hated God, I resented God, God's been on every fourth step inventory I ever did, you know, and then I went to college and I became one of my majors was religious studies and I thought I was going to intellectualize God, I was going to figure it out, you know, and what I've come to realize through recovery is that the access to the power that I need, you know, whatever that is, whether for me, you know, I believe in God, there's background noise, but, um, you know, the access to that power lives deep down within me and I believe it lives deep down within each of us and and I think you know the difficult thing for me was that I was always trying to make someone else's conception of God fit um, my life and my narrative and when it didn't you know I, I would get super defiant and I, I wasn't living in the truth and I think um, what I've found is that all of this stuff whether it be the big book whether it be um you know, I don't know, the steps, the sponsor, all the things um, that we utilize in these rooms are all about getting access to the connection with a power that we can believe in, you know, and I, I love that. And I think that spiritual basis of life for me um, is probably the most like exciting thing in my life because it allows me to tap into the truth that lives deep, deep down within and then allows me to live a life that I can be proud of, like connected to my own values and ideals. And that was something I could never do in the disease. Uh, whether I was in the food or out of the food, it, it didn't matter. You know, I could not be a person who looked themselves in their own eyes in the mirror and felt some level of self-love and self-esteem. And I, you know, and I think sometimes the language, you know, like this book is amazing. I love it. Um, but it was written by people of a certain identity and a certain religion. And I think sometimes that language can be off-putting to people who, you know, just think about spirituality differently. And so um, for me, one of the biggest things to remember that's been the most crucial in my recovery and my spiritual development is that all I'm searching for is my own truth, you know, and the access to a power that I can believe in. And that doesn't have to look like anyone else or anything else, General but it reminder. does free me. Um, yeah, and that's my time. So thanks so much, and I'll pass. Thank you, Dara. Thanks for sharing this morning. Um, so next up, we're going to hear from Janice PM. But Janice, before you share, let me just um, let everybody know, uh, if you joined us late, let me let you know where we're at. We're in the chapter, We Agnostics. We're on page 44. We're uh, sharing on that third paragraph that starts, but it isn't so difficult. 
and ending with you need not be disconcerted and we're we're uh, sharing on that one paragraph okay janice you are up and janice you'll be followed by tamara c go ahead janice well thank you so much and happy thanksgiving again to all um i am a grateful (laughs) now i know if you're new i don't know how grateful you are but uh, I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. You know, <clears throat> we we heard today about a Christina's belly button birthday. Now, my birthday gift came in 1982 when I attended my first meeting two days before Thanksgiving. Can you imagine going to OA two days before Thanksgiving or but that was a gift. That's a gift for anybody that's on this line that's just starting, whether it's a week or whatever it is, because the grace of God brought me to OA, and then OA brought me to this God of my understanding today. So what they're teaching me here and what the message I got from this paragraph is hope. There's so much hope here because they're talking about a God doing this, you know, and, and trying to trust and trying to relay, you know, rely on something. But there's a lot of buts. And buts, when you have a but, that means that there's something after that, that sentence after us changes the whole idea. Um, you know, um, the, the central fact is, for me, that I had to face the fact that I was in delusion about myself, that I was so powerful. But, you know, I wasn't powerful because I couldn't fix this this disease that I have. You know, but I didn't know that I also had not only a physical disease, but I had a spiritual disease. So physical cannot heal spiritual, yet I had to put the block down of the foods and the life that, that I was leading. I had to be crushed by my illness, you know, my life was getting worse and worse and worse with the family, blah, 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 so I had to have a choice, that's what we're talking about here, a choice, that I must, there's two words in this paragraph, must and disconcerted, and the must is a must, find a spiritual basis, that's the solution, that's the answer I found through hearing the stories of these wonderful people in this group. And also, uh, it, their experience showed, you know, that uh, we don't have to be disturbed. God, I was always disturbed. <laughs> I was disturbed. I was delusional. Um, I didn't have any freedoms. I was always in the bondage, like it was said, of self. And today, Gentle so reminder. Good. Yes, thank you so much. So I'm going to give thanks for today to my God, my understanding for all my freedoms. And uh, with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. Okay, next up, we're going to hear from Tamara C. And Tamara, you'll be followed by Barb W. Go ahead, Tamara. Thank you so much, and thank you for your service. Uh, good morning, this is Tamara C. I'm a compulsive, a recovered compulsive overeater, gratefully, from Missouri. So I want to talk about my response to this um, line that, that I must find a spiritual basis of life. 
when I came into OA in 2011, um, the first thing I think that caught my attention, or one of the first things, was the list of tools. And so I thought, okay, here's what I can do to be okay and to get this thing. But then I did hear, as I kept coming back, um, an occasional mention of the solution is spiritual. And I thought, okay, I, I don't know exactly what that means. I want the solution, um, but I believe in God, and I tried. I already tried prayer. I prayed for a long time, and I prayed fervently that God would help me get my eating under control, and that didn't seem to work. So um, let me fall back on um, what how, how I try to solve everything, which is, you know, give me the checklist, and I'll try to be the perfect OAer and prove my worthiness to be in this fellowship. And um, what I didn't understand is that my self-reliance blocks my ability to live on a spiritual basis. I was living on a self-centered basis, the running the Tamara show, which of course didn't come off very well. And um, so today I'm grateful to be recovered and to have um, to be living in the steps. Um, but I want to share that I can still get into my checklist. In fact, it's it's just this very long-held routine that I wake up looking for that checklist of what am I going to do today that's going to make me worthy, that's going to make me enough, and it's going to make me um, safe and secure. So it's a lot of superiority getting back into the Tama show. So I'm just so very grateful for that upon awakening prayer and from working with my sponsor and sponsees, doing 10 steps, hearing from my fellows, and all of it brings me back to the, the beautiful spiritual basis, the, the truth that I have a higher power who is personal to me and safe and reassuring and validating and guides me, and I can ask my higher power to help me stop my superiority and just ask what's next, and I can be curious about the out, uh, about the outcome, just putting it in God's hands and enjoying the journey of the day as it unfolds. So I want to invite all of you to uh, work the steps and enjoy the journey with me. I'll pass. Thank you, Tamara. I appreciate that. Okay. So up next, we have Barb W. And Barb, you'll be followed by Christine. Go ahead, Barb. Good morning, Renee. Thank you for your service today and happy Thanksgiving or however anyone is celebrating with family and friends. Barb W. Gratefully recovered compulsive overeater in Illinois. I, I love this chapter in that it's the we agnostics right back to the heading. It's not me, but we. And I hear that said a lot on the line. But it's so inclusive in the language in, in this, these three paragraphs so far is so inclusive. And in this one, even as the screws kind of get tighter um, from, uh, you know, you might be doomed. The, 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 the paragraph above might be to be doomed to an alcoholic death or live. And then this one's or else. It just seems like, oh, upping the ante. Um, and I love that. It's it's just so inclusive. We tried. Don't worry. It's, I mean, it's not so difficult. And we tried to avoid this issue. Um, it struck me that we thought we were, many of us thought we were, thought the thinking, my thinking gets me into trouble thought we were atheists or agnostics and then our our experience shows and it tells me it's experiential I can't think my way out of this 
um, and uh, and that I'm in company. I'm in company. Um, my sponsor has said at various times, like, where, Barb, where are you behaving agnostically? Where are you thinking agnostically? I came in with a belief of a higher power of my own um, un- that was given me as a, as a younger person. Um, that has changed a lot and deepened through this program. And the other piece that pops out for me today, um, no need to be upset, to be disconcerted. And disconcerted is an interesting concert of feelings, um, upset, frustrated, embarrassed, or confused, says Webster. That, that encompasses a lot of what I used to feel all full on all the time. And this is new to me. This was new to me coming in and I was confused easily. It felt like it was in a foreign language, not English for me. Not, and I don't have, I don't have language access. Um, but it, to be in company that others were, that have gone before me. And thank you for the community here today. Um, I'm loved and cherished and protected with and by my higher power and the relationship keeps growing deeper as I experience, as my experience shows. Um, General reminder. So I'm just really grateful. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Barb. Okay, next up we'll hear from Christine. Christine, you'll be followed by Wiley, and then we'll see how much time we have, and we might be able to take a few more names. Okay, Christine. Hello, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. This is Christine M., gratefully recovered in Missouri. I'm so grateful to be on the line with everyone. Um, you know, it it talks about, um, but it isn't so difficult, about half of our original fellowship was exactly that type, you know, and that helps me, that gives me a lot of hope, you know, and possibility and helps me to understand that even though, you know, um, part of the original first 100 were, you know, exactly that type, you know, they still were able to, you know, go on and get recovered in this program. And, you know, for me, um, I I believe in God, but I always took God for granted, you know, um, skipping prayer and meditation. That's one of the things that led to a nine-month relapse that I had, um, you know, skipping prayer and meditation, you know, taking God for granted, taking my recovery for granted, you know, thinking that, you know, God owes me and the world owes me and I'm entitled and all these things, you know, and um, just through the pain of, you know, morbid obesity, being disconnected from God, you know, having health problems, being disconnected from myself and others, you know, that feeling of just um, complete and total shame and horror and um, all those things brought me to my knees, um, really knocked me on my face, really. And, um, you know, I'm so grateful for that um, because, um, you know, I had to learn that, you know, I'm not going to do better tomorrow. Um, You know, I'm not just, you know, some girl that's trying to figure stuff out. Like, uh, I'm selfish and self-centered and, you know, I have to have God's help or I'm going to die, you know. Um, And so for me, you know, I, I try really hard not to take, God or my recovery for granted because I need God every single minute of every single day, you know, uh, no doubt about that. And, you know, there's work God has for me to do, 
and I can't do it when I'm in the food. I just can't. I may really want to be a good person and help others and do good things, but I just can't because I'm under the lash of, you know, compulsive overeating, and it's it's dragging me around by my hair, telling me when to eat, when to sleep, you know, when to whatever, you know. It's dictating every single move that I make, and I'm so grateful to be recovered today. And if you're new and you're on this line, please come back and get a sponsor and work the steps quickly because it does work. And, um, you know, life circumstances are still, you know, pretty much the same for me, but my thinking around those circumstances have changed, you know. So um, I'm just really grateful to be here. And, um, again, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Have a blessed day. Thank you, Christine. Okay, up next we're going to hear from Wiley. And um, Wiley, after you share, I'll probably be able to take two or three more names. Okay, Wiley, go right ahead. Thank you so much. Can I be heard? You sure can. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much for your service. And thank you to all who are on the line. Um, This is a good paragraph. So first I'll say that I had so many ideas. Um, I'd say I'm a pretty smart girl. And my intellect has always been something that I've been so proud of. You know, like it it was always a part of me it got me good grades, it got me friends, it got me into college, um, blah, blah, blah. And so I've always had a lot of ideas, especially when it came to food and exercise. I was always renewing my resolve. And I always had, you know, something new to try. But none of these ideas had anything to do with, you know, admitting my powerlessness or admitting I'm a, a capital O overeater. I I love the line, hoping against hope, we were not true alcoholics. Because despite all this so-called intellect, you know, how crazy was it that I was hoping against hope day after day that I could eat this food like a normal eater and that this food, these ingredients didn't affect me differently. When I think about the hours, the days, the weeks I spent reeling from this disease and hiding from the world, my my heart just goes out to myself then because... I really was doing the best I could with the ideas that I had, but um, back to the new, this new idea in this book, and that's what's so important about this program, because this way out for once has nothing to do with any of my ideas, because my broken brain cannot fix my broken brain, and the most important fact today is that I'm an overeater who has found a spiritual basis for life. I'm done with my ideas because this powerlessness is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I'm learning that I'm loved and protected. Um, I'm learning that I belong in this world. I'm learning that God has, God has prepared a table for me in this life where I'm enough and where there, there is always enough. All I have to do every day is stop relying on my ideas. Um, I'm so grateful for this meeting, and I'm so grateful for you all. You guys are really, really my heroes. Um, So happy Thanksgiving, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Wiley. Okay, so um, I think we've got room for maybe two or three other people. Let me remind you real quick, if you shared on Tuesday or Wednesday, 
can you please just hold back and let some other people have a turn? Um, who else would like to share on this paragraph? Diane. Amy G. I got Jackie. Amy G. Diane. Amy. And Diane, I think, and we'll get to you if we can, Diane. Okay, so Jackie, Amy, and Diane. Jackie, would you go ahead, please, and share with us? Thank you, everybody. Hi, this is Jackie A. from Connecticut. It's a pleasure to be on the line today. I haven't been able to go on meetings since my new job in the morning, and this means a lot because I feel like I feel like it's like seeing relatives, but I can't see you. I can feel you in my heart instead. And um, this is my second Thanksgiving that I get to be grateful to live in abstinence instead of um, dread in my disease. And I I could never be thankful for compulsive eating before. I could never be thankful for past behaviors of restricting. Or, or, or laxing or, or exercising myself in the wilderness or, like, in, in unsafe, you know, inclement weather. Um, and these are things that I used to do to run from myself. And I look at this as, like, a deadly disease. Like, I didn't give enough. Like, I, I cared about other people. I wanted to take their inventory, and I, and I was resentful of, of God or anybody that took mine. And now I'm like, I'm appreciative if somebody gives me feedback. I'm appreciative of my family and, and time with them. And I'm grateful for food that helps me, not food as like a punishment or a reward or, um, or like a sedative, anything along those lines. And, and to be deeper in my faith, like it, it doesn't just stop at the food. It stops at, it stops at my character defects. It stops at like those crippling behaviors, thoughts modalities that I was operating through this world like and now I'm just like I could die at any point I'm not going to die in the disease though and I'm going to live as best that I can and um and it just I don't I never know who's going to talk to me on the phone I never know who's going to text me I never know who's going to show up in my life and it is it's a joy like it's a surprise I'm not rocked by surprises anymore I'm I'm blissfully like embracing them and um, I just look forward to hearing more shares today and continuing to grow and also to just kind of, like, stay put. Like, I was never okay with contentment before. I was never okay with the present moment. But that, I always thought it had to change. And instead, it's just like, it's okay. It's a ride. It's a ride. So with that, I passed. I love you all so much, and thank you. Thanks, Jackie. Okay, up next we'll hear from Amy. Amy, could you give us your um, the first initial of your last name in the state you're calling from, please? Absolutely. Good morning. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. I'm so grateful to be here. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone, and what a wonderful meeting. What a great way to be thankful and start the day. So I've always heard, and I've heard in a number of speakers share that, you know, when Bill wanted to get something across, he would say the same thing over and over again, but in different ways. And if we look at this paragraph, we must find a spiritual basis of life or else. The prior paragraph, to be doomed to an alcoholic death or live on a spiritual basis. Paragraph before that, only a spiritual experience will conquer. Or the paragraph even at the end of the last chapter, more about alcoholism, his defense must come from a higher power. So do we think he's trying to tell us something? And oh, by the way, this idea of suggestions. Yeah, the program may be suggested, but if we don't do the musts that are of this program, or I, I don't recover. There's 44 musts in this book. 
right? So the reality is there are things that I have to do. And what I need to understand here is that as we agnostics, in my humble opinion, it's not that I need to figure out the whole God thing. It's the fact that in step two, it says a power greater than ourselves. The reality is, is that I need to know that it's not me that's going to fix me, right? This whole idea that my defense must come from a higher power. Why do I need a defense? Because when you look up the word defense, it's to resist attack. Well, who is the attacker for me in my illness? The attacker is me. I can't defend against myself because of the mental obsession. My thinking, it tells me that it's okay, right, because of this mental obsession. And we've gone over and over in that in the prior chapter. So if I am the one that I can't defend, defend myself against, then I need to find something. And that seems pretty scary because when I came to this chapter, like many others in early recovery, firmly entrenched in my agnosticism, I thought, what am I going to do? I can't fix me, but I don't get this God thing. I'm doomed, right? I'm doomed. I don't know what I'm going to do. And it does sound scary. And they say, but cheer up, right? Don't be disconcerted. Don't be worried. And this is where the fellowship comes in, the literature, to show me in whom the problem had been solved, you all, that I don't need to have that all figured out. My sponsor said to me, it doesn't matter what you think, as long as you know it's not you. She said your higher power can be Jesus, Buddha, the universal vibes of the tree, or the fellowship, or the 12 steps, as long as you know it's not you, and that we need something greater than you. All we need to do, I don't need to have you figured out, the, the idea is, is that I need to make a decision. If I admit and choose to surrender to step one, and I admit that I can't fix me, then we need to take action, right? Because the power greater than ourselves was someone telling me that there is a solution from the hell and the torture of compulsive eating. If I couldn't do that for myself, like a drowning person, I wanted that life preserver. Thanks. And with that, I'll pass because I am so grateful that we have that today. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Amy. Okay, next up is Diane. And Diane, you have about a minute 15. Go right ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was unmuting. You said I have how much? How many? About about a minute and 15. Okay, thank you so much. I'm Diane. I'm a recovered, not cured, compulsive overeater from Georgia. And I just wanted to check in, um, claim my seed. I'm a real alcoholic. Well, not an alcoholic. I'm not even in AA. But I'm a real, uh, I have, I'm a real food compulsive overeater. And I'm so grateful for this reading today and for realizing that I must. I, I know when I first came into the rooms, I thought, you know, this is going to be a breeze because I go to church. I'm a God-fearing woman, you know. But when it came to the food, I just couldn't, I just couldn't turn that over. But today I can. And I know in order for me to be in recovery, I have to trust God. Follow the directions. It was I don't know why it was so hard for me to follow the directions and and even today I'm thinking I just had to realize that this is a general reminder. Thank you so much. So today I trust God and I try to live in steps 10, 11 and 12 and I am so humbled and so grateful to be able to share and I thank grateful for each and every one of you. Enjoy your day. This Thursday I pass. Thank you, Diane. And I want to thank everyone who shared on this Thanksgiving. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately follow, following closing. 
So let me give you the share ID for today, Thursday, November 24th. That share ID is 19,672, 19672. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Katie B. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you.